Dear listener, it's a great joy that you choose to join me. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. This is your favorite NLF program with interesting segments just for you. Part 1 will be having the family segment by Maureen Kwamboka. Today she will continue with the part 2 of Bedtime Boundaries. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Sister Becky Arunga. Today's topic is about the living water. Before that, here's a song, Kando Ya Mto Obabeli by Kajado Church Choir. Yeah. 
that you've been blessed with that lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Maureen Kwamboka. Now, welcome to today's parenting scene where we are going to talk about bedtime boundaries. Last time we looked at the hassle that parents have when putting their children to bed. Today, here are some simple tips for making the experience of putting your children to bed something not to dread each evening but to cherish. Start by establishing a bedtime that you feel is reasonable and will meet your child's needs for sleep. Most preschool children require 10 to 12 hours of sleep each night. As children get older and begin elementary school, that need diminishes to somewhere between 8 and 10 hours of sleep per night. Once you have determined what time your children will be put to bed, let them know what is expected of them. Then clear your own schedule to include an hour with the children in the evening. This may sound impossible. But if the dishes have to wait, it will be worth it in the long run. If you'd like to have your children in bed by 7.30, get together with them at 6.30. Spend a half hour on the living room floor. Play a board game. Dress up Barbie dolls. Move matchboxes up and down the rug. Enjoy your time together. Try not to make any demands. Make the experience as positive as possible. Five minutes the half hour is up, let the children know that they have five minutes of playtime remaining. At seven, announce that playtime is over and it's time to brush their teeth. If you meet with resistance at this point, try to minimize it as best as you can. Ignore complaints and begin walking towards the bathroom. If the children refuse or begin to engage in rough play, simply say, I'll be waiting for you in your rooms. If you are not finished using the bathroom and brushing your teeth by 7.10, you miss the story. If you are a good storyteller, this is usually enough of a motivation. But if 7.10 rolls around and you find yourself in an empty room, sitting on the bed waiting, walk into the bathroom and announce, I'm sorry, you missed the story. Generally, weeping and wailing and begging will ensue. This is where you need to deal with your next card. What else does your child look forward to at bedtime? Does he like to have his back scratched, his head rubbed, a favorite tape played? Then say, that's too bad that you missed the story, but you still haven't missed the back scratching. If you make it to bed by 7.12, you'll be in time for that. When the child comes to bed, don't dwell on what he did wrong. Make those last few minutes a special time for both of you. Then kiss him goodnight, stand up and leave the room. If Johnny whines, grabs your arm and begs you not to leave, assure him that you'll stay on that level of the house for a while. Then tell him that if he calls out, you'll have to close his door. 
Do all that you can to set up reassuring environment. Try playing a tape of soft classical music. Leave a night light on. If the child does not call out or attempt to get up, find out what he needs. If he has a legitimate concern, listen, acknowledge what he has to say and then say, okay, if you call out again, I'll have to close your door. Be sure to follow up on all conditions. If you do close the door and the child protests, tell him that as soon as all is quiet, you'll open it up again. Then spend the next 15 minutes quietly working in the area of the children's room. Fold some towels, put away the sheets, read a magazine. If a child calls out again, tell him his door will be closed. At 7.30, head for your favorite corner of the house. The evening is yours. Sound too simple? The key is in two basic concepts, consistency and reassurance. By letting the children know what is expected of them, and by attaching clear consequences to actions, parents can set up a predictable routine. By setting aside an hour for play and cool down time, the pressure is removed. Bedtime becomes not a frenzied, backed command, but a gradual wind down. In the half hour proceeding, the fatal announcement children and parents are bonded together, and as they connect as a family unit, it becomes easier to separate as distinct individuals. What are the last words uttered at your house each evening? Is the day ended on a positive note or in a bitter battle? Maybe it's time to get control. You'll know it's worth it when your day ends on a simple quiet tone. Good night, Johnny. I love you. Good night, mom and dad. That's the end of our today's program. Hope you won't have assholes with your children when you put them back to bed. I've been your presenter, Maureen Kwamboka. I hope that you've enjoyed that family life segment. This is the new life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send us your thoughts about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awr at
Once again, for staying tuned to our station, it is time for the Bible segment. Sister Becky Runga, welcome and bless us with the word.
He must increase as I decrease was the startling statement of John the Baptist when his disciples confronted him about Jesus. And today, as we study God's word, we need to learn to be meek and to trust God and take him at his word. Thank you for finding time that we study together. I am Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is a privilege to know that your word of truth is at our disposal. Now, Lord, as we study it, fill us with your strength, fill us with your spirit, and bind us with the cords of love in the community of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Jesus Christ is Lord. He knows what is in the heart of man. It is recorded in John chapter 4. The story is of the Samaritan woman. We are all acquainted with it, and we know how much people desire to learn of this one thing. Now, John chapter 4, reading verse 1, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat there by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Beloved, Jesus is making a startling statement, and he is in the company of a Samaritan woman at the sixth hour, where no one ideally came to draw water, save for this woman, because of her social status. And Jesus asked the woman, Give me a drink. But the woman was hesitant. With her prejudices in life that existed then, she said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. As in this woman is startled that even Christ is asking her to give water. How be it that you are asking me water, yet you are a Jew? And it reminds me of our prejudices in life. You know, water is life. Water is so precious that without it, man would easily die. Yet even when this woman was being asked for water, what did she say? How do I give you water? How do you ask for water? And beloved, the word of God is life. It makes wise this it makes wise the simple it enlightens the eyes but sometimes we do not even desire to give it out because of our prejudices you do not want to share the word of god because you really think that you have no association with such a person but through the story of jesus and the samaritan woman we realize that it is a high time we broke the walls of partition that separates us from the people that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis Further to it, we realize 
that Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That it is not often the case. Things are not the way they appear to be. Even upon questions, we need to ask and wonder, why is the question posed unto me? Why is it that this is something that we need to know? Because Jesus himself knew of one thing, that if this woman had known who it was that was talking to her, he could have asked for living water. But sometimes because we are just quick to be guided by the prejudices of life, we do not see beyond the things around us. We do not see beyond those barriers that we have set for ourselves. And Jesus was telling this man, if you had known, you would have actually asked for living water. Now, dear child of God, there is one thing that we need to know. There is one thing that we need to learn and we need to understand that Christ Jesus desires that day by day we may live that life that he has called us into. He desires day by day that we may live a life worthy of the higher calling of faith. He told this woman, if you knew the gift of God. Now, what is the gift of God? The gift of God is eternal life. It is given freely to anyone who believes. And Jesus went further and said, And who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now Jesus, his body is bread indeed, and his blood is drink indeed. He invites everyone to come and partake of it. He invites everyone to come and have a chance with his body to have a chance with his blood. John chapter 7 verse 37 and 38 says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And Jesus is willing to give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. The Holy Spirit is the fountain of living water that ensures that we have life as we constantly commune with the heavens. Now, beloved, as you're making your prayer, pray earnestly that you may receive the Spirit of God. Because Jesus says, if you ask for bread from your father, will he give you a stone? And if you ask for fish, will he give you a scorpion? If our earthly fathers give us food, how much more would our heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? And this day, this is one thing I would like us to consider. Let us earnestly plead that the Spirit of God may be poured upon us manifestly that we may be able to understand and comprehend the dealings of God. If it is your prayer that you receive the Spirit of God this day, I ask you to join me together as we seek the face of God earnestly. Dear Lord, the promise in your word is that there shall be showers of blessing, that it is a promise that you alone has given. Father, we plead for the showers of blessing. We plead that you may grant unto us a refreshing. 
We plead, O Lord, that even for the mercy drops that are falling, we may be partakers of them. But we still plead for the showers, Lord. Pour unto us your Spirit, that out of us may flow fountains of living waters. Grant unto us your Spirit of truth, that it may teach us to know the things of heaven. Grant unto us your Spirit of truth, that it may convict us of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Lord, how much we need you, how much we desire to walk with you, how much we want to be in your divine presence. For my dear listener and even for myself, Lord, we need a revival. We need a reformation. It is not about what we can do, but what you're able to do to us. And that is granting us your spirit. Lord, hearken to our prayer. For I make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. It has been a blessing, for we need a revival. May the Lord fill you with His Holy Spirit, that you may know His perfect and pleasing will. Till next time, be blessed. We are grateful for the time you have accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send us your views and comments about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awr at I've been a presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed.
Yerusalem, Yerusalem, Yerusalem.